Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Coming up. And I'm so angry. Like, I, I don't even have tears anymore. I'm just like, why would you do this to my daughter? She didn't deserve that. You know, she was just so full of life. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. And I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. I can count on one hand with, with a couple fingers left over the number of times where law enforcement has had to grapple with the uh, impact of a serial killer. A suspected serial killer, referred to as the shopping cart killer, is behind bars in Virginia. He's linked to at least four deaths, and police say possibly more. We have a serial killer. The good thing is he's in custody. And in Texas, a criminal investigation into a sheriff who's had this message to share with criminals in the past. So if you commit a crime in Real County, we have every intention of bringing you back and holding you accountable. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. In December, investigators announced the arrest of 35-year-old Anthony Robinson, whom they say is the so-called shopping cart killer. He's now in custody and has been linked to the deaths of four women and charged with murder in two of those cases. Will, this is a developing story as... There might be another victim now linked to Robinson, but let's go back to when we first learned about Robinson's arrest. Take us through it. Reed, police from multiple jurisdictions held a press conference in December and announced the arrest of Anthony Robinson. This is a sprawling case involving, as you mentioned, four victims that we know of so far, maybe now a fifth victim. So I'll take you through what police revealed in December at this press conference So first off, they announced that Anthony Robinson 
was charged in November with the deaths of 54-year-old Elizabeth Redman of Harrisonburg and Tonita Smith, 39-year-old woman from Charlottesville. And what they revealed at that press conference was that investigators had found their bodies, the bodies of these two women, a short distance from each other toward the end of November, on November 23rd, in an open lot in Harrisonburg, Virginia. That's all was according to Harrisonburg police. They were found very close together, but from what police could tell, their death took place at different times. And now what's become an important piece of evidence in these two cases and in the other ones is that a shopping cart was found nearby. Later in November, on November 30th, Metro DC police noticed that the last known person that they had been investigating, it was a missing persons case, had actually had contact with Robinson. They had the cell phone records for this woman who had gone missing in the DC area. And they contacted the police in Virginia and said, we have this evidence, this information, maybe there's something here. Investigators would ultimately end up identifying two additional victims in the D.C. area. How did that come about? Right. After some more detective work and police work, they were able to locate the bodies of two more women. Now, as it turns out, that woman who I mentioned who had disappeared in the D.C. area, they learned that she had actually taken uh, the metro from D.C. on September 3rd. So this was back you know, before November, back in September of last year. She disappeared. Cell phone records show that she was in touch not only with the suspect in this case, but that she was seen with him at a D.C. metro stop. Uh, the suspect was seen with this woman. Her name was Shine Brown, 29-year-old woman from Washington, D.C., and they were seen on video surveillance at the same location on the night of her disappearance. So after a lot of investigative work, police were actually able to trace a lot of this back to a place called the Moon Inn in Alexandria, Virginia. And not far from that location, they actually found Shine Brown, this 29-year-old woman, and the body of another woman who was later identified as Stephanie Harrison, a 48-year-old woman from Redding, California. And both of their bodies were found uh, in the woods, not far from this Moon Inn in Alexandria, Virginia. They were found in a plastic container near a shopping cart. So once again, that's that shopping cart and why he's being dubbed the shopping cart killer. So according to police... The killer inflicts trauma on his victims before killing them and then transports them to where he then leaves them. He transports them in, in a shopping cart. And there is actual video to that effect. So a lot of the evidence here has been video evidence and also cell phone records. Police say that some of the evidence they've collected points to how their suspect was allegedly meeting or luring his victims. Can you tell us about that? Right. He allegedly used two dating sites, Plenty of Fish and Tagged are the name of these dating websites. Here's what police had to say. Our major crimes detectives are looking for anyone who may have interacted with Robinson on these dating apps or any other dating apps. During that press conference back in December, investigators indicated there might be more victims out there. Just recently, they identified a fifth possible victim, this time again in D.C., right? Right. And I'll tell you about that case. But but here's police at that press conference back in December, already being very clear that this, this this suspect might have more victims. Dating sites, motels, blood force trauma, shopping cart, final resting place. Uh, he's killed four already, and we, we suspect that, that he has more victims. And so that brings us to a woman who police found dead near Union Station in D.C. who could be a fifth victim. This was back 
Also in September, a 40-year-old Sonia Champ was found near Union Station, and her body was found inside a shopping cart. She was actually covered with a blanket, and she was inside the shopping cart. So again, once police knew about this shopping cart connection across these cases, they were able to say, well, maybe this one is connected as well. That has not been confirmed as a victim, but they are, they are looking into it. It's just such an awful, awful case, and it, it sounds like there's likely more to uncover. Is there anything else you can tell us at this point about the suspect here, about Anthony Robinson? That's an interesting aspect to the case in that police have said this suspect has no significant criminal history. Here's more from police speaking at that press conference in December. So probably not remarkable to serial killers going back many years and many other places across the country, uh, a remarkable absence of a criminal history, a remarkable absence. Um, So that's why we're going to need help from family, friends, associates, employers, neighbors, uh, anyone who can shed a little bit of light on, on Anthony Robinson's uh, profile. Do you know what he did for He's, work or anything like that? I think he was pretty transient. I think he had many, many jobs over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but again, uh, that, that transient nature is going to, or has rather prompted us to figure out where he's been over the last several years. And this, like you said, this could go back. Uh, you know, we're, we're going into this wide open, uh, clear-minded, open eyes to see how far back and how many victims he may be responsible for taking their lives. So I just want to underscore that they are absolutely looking for more potential victims. According to Fairfax County Police Chief Kevin Davis, police have scanned through all of the missing person cases from 35 police departments in the area. So they're they're going through all of these different cases, seeing if there's a thread of evidence there that might tie them back to this suspect. And just finally, the suspect is in custody. Two counts of first-degree murder in addition to two felony counts of concealing, transporting, or altering a dead body, according to authorities, and we may hear about more charges soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. The Texas Rangers are investigating the sheriff of a rural county in Texas. Reed, first tell us about this sheriff. Who is he? Yeah, that's that's right. Well, Sheriff Nathan Johnson is under criminal investigation by the Texas Rangers. Uh, he's the sheriff of Real County, which is a county in Texas, one you maybe haven't heard of if you're not from the area. It has a population of around 3,000. So, you know, a, a tiny county in terms of population. Actually, back in 2020, our partner station, Ken's Five in San Antonio, did a story on a task force that was set up in Texas to help small counties like Real County that don't have a ton of resources. And 
at the time, we heard from Sheriff Nathan Johnson. He said he had four deputies, and, and here's a clip from that 2020 story. You know, people commit a crime in my jurisdiction to my constituency, to our citizens, and then run off and think, okay, I'm good and clean because you don't have the resources to come get me. And Real County, this small county in Texas, it's only about two hours or so from the U.S.-Mexico border, which, of course, plays a big role in this investigation. Reed, let's get into the allegations here. Why are the Texas Rangers investigating this sheriff? First, I'll mention that this is a story that comes from Jody McCullough at the Texas Tribune, which is a partner of local news station KHOU in Houston. And the allegations here are that Johnson, in his role as sheriff of Real County, has been having his deputies cease money and property from undocumented immigrants. This is something that the Texas Rangers say has been going on uh, specifically at traffic stops. And what they've told the Texas Tribune is that Sheriff Johnson admitted to seizing money at traffic stops on a regular basis before he would then turn these individuals over to U.S. Border Patrol agents. And to be clear, that the victims here are not being accused of any state crimes. So there doesn't appear to be any reason for a county sheriff to be seizing property. Incredibly disturbing allegations, if this all turns out to be true. Reed, what other insight can you give us on the investigation? Well, the big thing is that it, it still seems to be a really active, ongoing investigation. According to search warrants that were obtained recently by the Texas Tribune, the Texas Rangers raided four different Real County Sheriff's Office locations just last month in December. We also know that the investigation from the start was focusing on two specific incidents, traffic stops. The first was from May of 2021, where body camera footage showed Sheriff Johnson directing deputies to cease money in a truck from a group of undocumented immigrants. And importantly, that footage actually came from a deputy from a neighboring county. And in that case, the money that was taken was apparently going to be filed as abandoned cash and then from there deposited into the Real County General Fund. Johnson reportedly also said that he would try to find the truck's owners, but then after 30 days, the truck would would also be considered abandoned. And all of this, again, is according to search warrants filed by the Texas Rangers. And then the second traffic stop that I mentioned came in October. And in that case, more than $2,700 in cash was taken from the wallets of three individuals. And that money was apparently going to be marked as evidence while waiting to see if human smuggling charges against the driver of the vehicle would stick. But then when the two other men were turned over to Border Patrol, they were asked, well, what happened to the money in their wallets? And again, according to these search warrants, the deputy who took the money wasn't able to explain under what authority he took that money, only that it was at the orders of the sheriff. And is there any indication at this point how long this might have been going on? I'm not sure that we have any sort of exact timeline at this point, but it does seem pretty clear that the allegations stretch back quite a ways, quite a few months, maybe longer than that. The Texas Ranger investigating this case is named Ricardo Guajardo, and he's reportedly been investigating Johnson since October. And in one of the warrant requests that he filed, Guajardo wrote that one sheriff's deputy told him that, quote, seizing currency from undocumented immigrants and the driver has been standard operating procedure for as long as he's been employed by the Real County Sheriff's Office, end quote. Now, what that doesn't say is exactly how long that deputy has been employed, but we do know that Johnson has been sheriff of the county since 2017, and that quote certainly seems to suggest that this is not just something that that happened on a couple occasions. So in light of this criminal investigation being made public, what have we heard from Sheriff Johnson, if anything? Well, we haven't yet heard a response that I know of to the most recent news here, but we have heard from the sheriff a couple times back in November and in December. Reportedly, he told investigators in November that 
Sometimes money in cars are held as evidence for potential criminal cases. And then after those raids that I mentioned in December, he actually posted on Facebook, and I'll just read directly from the post, quote, During that time, and especially in the last year, I've taken a strong stand against human smuggling, drug smuggling, and illegal alien traffic, those are his words, in our community and will continue to do so. We really don't know who or what prompted the investigation by the Ranger Service and Office of the Attorney General, but neither I nor my officers have been arrested and will continue to faithfully serve as your sheriff's office day in and day out. And Reed, finally, have any charges been filed at this point? Not yet, but it sounds like that's certainly still on the table as a possibility. And beyond that, the Texas Tribune also spoke with the managing attorney for the Texas Office of the Institute of Justice, Arif Panju, who said this isn't just about the possibility of bringing criminal charges, that there are other ramifications here. Panju said that avoiding the state's forfeiture laws creates constitutional concerns and bad optics. And he said, quote, if you're doing it outside the judicial process, you can see the perverse incentive that would exist. If you could cease these things, not go to court, cease it unilaterally, then keep it in your budget, that is policing for profit with zero oversight. So potentially more to come here. And again, thanks to KHOU in Houston and their partners at the Texas Tribune who reported this story. All right, Reed, thanks for bringing us this story. And thank you for listening to The Daily Crime. We are here almost every weekday, Monday through Friday. And if you haven't already, check out our weekly show, True Crime Chronicles. New episodes launch every Monday. For The Daily Crime, I'm Will Johnson, along with Reed Redmond. You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there is a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University, Maryland's forensic science programs today.